0: Divided
1: Podcast hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the house divided podcast a house divided podcast that has just consumed about sixteen to twenty hours of college football over the last weekend, and it feels so good. Jeremy, how did you enjoy Labor Day weekend?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, outside of catching the uh, the daycare crud, you know, because naturally that's how life works. Uh, outside of that, man, it was it was great. It felt amazing to be back. My soccer team won a game, Brendan. So I didn't know, know what that's ever... like. Never knew if that was going to happen. Uh, but also, you know, we also lost our brand-new striker 45 minutes into his career. So, uh, yeah, man. So I went from that to then watching a lot of football that I didn't have to care about because my team played on Friday. So it was a delightful weekend. And and possibly the greatest opening weekend game ever, the lsu Florida State game. But that was just...
1: That was really good. That was one I didn't catch all of, but tuned in just yeah, for no the last to. bit. And yeah. that was absolute madness. I could not believe. Yeah, missing the extra point that would have sent it to overtime, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty rough one. Almost as bad as the East Carolina kicker who missed a game-tying extra point, then missed the game-winning field goal, and while all that was happening, his girl got stolen from him and the dude tagged him on Instagram in a picture no. kissing his girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real bad stuff for our friend East Carolina kicker uh this weekend. He did not enjoy it as much as us. Um yeah, lots of good Big 10 football. Lots I call,
0: of I I, oh, I yeah. sorry, I can't I call bullshit.
1: You call bullshit on the story? Yes. Okay, well, I didn't uh, validate it enough to say are wrong. I don't, think, wrong, but, I don't uh,
0: think anyone has like found that out, but that's definitely like that dude like stood like good on him. He steered into it, and he he got people back on his side. So <laughs> it I was see your sad. move, East Carolina kicker. Okay. <laughs> I see your move as a as a oh, schemer awesome. myself. Well played, well played.
1: Speaking of schemes, um they they're scheming over in Iowa with just funneling Brian Ferentz money. What? Um yeah, 7 to 3 victory over South Dakota State. Obviously, uh if you're listening to this, you probably know that those 7 points did not come via a touchdown, rather a field goal and two safeties. Uh that offense is atrocious. I am no longer worried about the game at Kinnick. Permanently, there's nothing they could do in the next four weeks. I think that would could make me worried. These words will not come back to haunt me, folks, because Michigan's going to beat them. Um, yeah, did you? I, I know you didn't see much of that game, but like well, just the the laughs about Iowa.
0: So my thing is, I think that I don't think he has. I don't even. I'm not on Facebook, but if Kirk Ferris was on Facebook, he would either share the pictures himself or very much take the picture himself of like. An empty store shelf and tell you that that's that store on socialism, or that's oh. that store on <laughs> communism. And so I appreciate that his son runs a leftist offense, and we're very like, we are gonna be spare with our points. We have so many points for the season. We are not gonna use them on South Dakota State. And I so you know what? I just assume that his son is a communist and that's the biggest fight in the family. And they both have info on each other, and that's why he can't fire him or make any decision. Uh, it's not father to son love because I don't think Kirk Ferentz is capable of love. Um, <laughs> so really, uh, uh, it was the most delightful weekend, and I I enjoy everything that is painful for Iowa. And yeah, there are some good you imagine, screen
1: caps from the crowd from that game.
0: Can you imagine, like? Hey, you know I we've all had wins that we hate, right? And usually yeah. it's a pretty privileged position you're in to like hate a win. Like even myself, like I'm pretty annoyed with our fan base this week of just being upset about the win on last Friday. Like, whatever, you survive, you win. I don't why are we mad? It's one and oh. But my God, a seven to three game where your offense kicked a field goal and that's it. Oh, well, that's that's
1: because there's two types of those games, right? And the privileged person is mad about the thirty-four to thirteen or whatever you guys finished off beating Western Michigan. Who's mad about that? Because it was clo- it was an eight-point game late in the third quarter, and it was closer than they didn't play well, but ultimately they pulled away and won. And you can be frustrated all you want, but they won by twenty points. And then there's the kind that reminds me of like the late Brady Hoke era. This is what this feels like for this Iowa game. Where, like, they're barely squeaking by Akron and UConn, and you're just like, man, they're about to have to play Big Ten teams. This doesn't feel good. Here's the (laughs) thing. So we'll see.
0: The difference is that Kirk Ferentz can run out of concuss Shane Morris and get an extension. So that's true. it's just – That's true. It's It's a different situation. And it couldn't happen to a nicer fan base. (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to stop you from the Iowa hate on here. That's for sure. Um, all right. Uh, we don't need to talk about the Ohio state Dame game. It was boring. Nothing else really that interesting happened at in the Big Ten. Um, and maybe we can past. say – We can Yes, it was. Maybe we can save some rambling at the end about our favorite wacky moments from this weekend because there were some funny ones. Uh, Let's jump in to our team's games. We'll go chronological. Uh, You had the Friday game. Uh, I caught this on and off Friday night um, when Michigan State pulled ahead 21-3. I kind of tuned out of it. And then when it was still 21-3 and then 21-13, I was like, okay, maybe I should tuned back in it it obviously didn't look very sharp from msu but as you said that's one of the going to be one of the better teams in the mac and they got they got it done and you want to know so what what was your thoughts kind of just experiencing the game as it was happening and with a couple days away
0: from it i mean so one thing that i'm reminded of uh is that the in stadium experience it's just the perfect way for me to experience a game because I stay away mostly from Twitter. I actually get a signal now in the stadium because I switch phone carriers, so I can get my tweets out, but I don't have to read the asinine play-by-play reactions from children online. Yes, that's good.
1: Real um, quick, sidebar, I want to just throw some shade. Who was the old carrier, and I don't even want to know the new one. Who, who was? oh oh we're oh i'm throwing shade at my own company let's go there we go all right anyways
0: yeah so so yeah so i mean i don't have to see the up and downs like i don't know why anyone ever got that nervous and like the funny part is i actually so i had to pull up the box score just so i have the stats because again being in the stadium i feel like I lose total track of like all the, like the stats and stuff like that. And I don't write recaps anymore or anything like that. But the win expectancy never got below 84% ever, including when Western Michigan had the ball down eight and had a chance to go drive for a tie. There were some some breaks for MSU in that. I mean, I don't think they were bad calls, but like you have a touchdown called back on Western Michigan, could have made the game a little bit more sweaty. Uh You had some breaks go your way, but, I mean, Jaden Reed, clearly not healthy. Uh, He catches two balls, and on the second ball that he catches, he leaves the game. He comes back and plays the second half, but not really as impactful. It's clear that he's got something lingering that's not enough to keep him out, but he's not going to beat a double team from Western Michigan on his injury. Um, And you don't need him. That's the thing. Like Everyone's freaking out that Jaden Reed didn't have a great game. Okay. That just meant that Keon Coleman, Daniel Barker, and Trey Mosley had great, good games for wide receivers. Um, Peyton Thorne was extremely inaccurate. That's probably what worried me the most. Uh, he's got a little bit of Connor Cook in him where when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, it is not pretty. Um, and up until this game, the difference between him and Connor Cook was that Peyton Thorne would miss his throws, and you just take that and say, he's just not on today. And the the completion percentage was going to be low but he wouldn't have that bad interception well he had that bad interception friday where he could run for a first down and threw cross body right into the chest of a western michigan player when they were driving i think they could have made the game i think that would have made it 28 to 3 at that point um and really put it away late in the first half um so i mean disappointed from that perspective but like What was everybody worried about going into the season mainly was the defense. And I don't see how you come away from that game upset in any way you won by 22. Yes. It was a late push towards the cover, depending on where you got the line, but I I just don't, I don't understand like the, uh, the full meltdown. I think you get right this week against Akron and then you see what you have against Washington. It's the whole setup that we've had all summer. Why does everyone lose their mind? Like, It's like Michigan drivers in the snow, like forgetting that they know how to drive in the snow in November. That's every football fan. If you get to any adversity in their first game, you forget all summer that you talked yourself into how the season's going to go. And if it follows that, you should be okay. Yeah. I I don't
1: know. Yeah, everybody spends – the problem is is that everybody spends eight months juicing themselves up, and they do have those portions of rational brain. But then you just see them on the field every – when you're playing a team like that, going into a year with expectations. I know yeah. the feeling in the moment where it's like, why isn't every single thing going right and everything going negatively for them? We're supposed to be the better team here. But yeah, I, I agree. There's nothing really to worry about uh, in this I game. I
0: say nothing to worry about. The only thing that I was sad leaving the game, uh, I mean, injuries were a storyline, you know, like you lose, Yeah. you lose Darius Snow. And it was pretty obvious, That's brutal. like finding Twitter by, Uh, the end of the night when I was back to scrolling Twitter and seeing that he was in a wheelchair. And then obviously we've had confirmed since then he's out for the whole season. Like that was kind of a a big mood killer. And we don't know the status of Xavier Henderson yet, that he left the game injured and didn't return. So you have some dampening like from that perspective, but in my mind, like, so you see Darius Snow go down, but then you get to see that Ben Van Sumeren in like we had some hype this off season, and it was kind of like well he was always a good gym guy like he always scored well on all these gym stats well he had 11 tackles and I can say from a live view the biggest beat that we heard on him from Michigan fans was just laughter at you're gonna put him in coverage right like he's the slowest guy you can't cover a tight end that dude was going sideline to sideline and it was good in pass coverage as well I think he got one pass or Two passes completed against him for eight yards. Now, granted, uh, Western Michigan. Yes, that's I that's what it. I was gonna say. But but it, I also have to say, like, I mean, eleven tackles is eleven tackles. So, dude was flying. No, and, and, it, and that's
1: true. So. And I, you definitely can't discount a good game against Western Michigan because if he doesn't have a good game against Western Michigan, that means something else entirely. And, right. and it's good that you can rule that out. Um, I say, is he the primary option behind Darius?
0: I mean, it's, so. I mean, really, no, I mean, Cal Halliday's starting at linebacker. Jacoby Windman is your stand-up defensive end, but you could really use him as linebacker. Like, that's the thing. I think we saw that we have a ton of depth. Really sucks to lose Darius from a football perspective, number one. Uh, number two, you really loved Darius as a kid, so that one kind of felt like a little extra sting because losing Darius as someone who is just awesome, like how he interacts with fans and everything about Darius is so great that you just hate to see a kid like that have an injury. Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, is, is Ben Sumeran probably the main guy? No. Um, I think especially on, like, passing downs, they'll just pull him off the field and put an extra cornerback, like a nickel slot back on. But I think on first and second downs, like, yeah, you're going to see a lot of BVS getting runs.
1: Oh, well, that's – a a I I never want to root for a kid's failure. So, I mean, if he turns out to be a lot more than Michigan fans kind of thought and – self-included teased uh michigan state fans it'd be great for him if he was good um miss, let me see him against from... eric all and, and then we'll <laughs> do some talking but and, you know
0: and we say start. all this to we say all this and i haven't mentioned the defensive player of the week for the country either and jacoby women gained four sacks so
1: yes so no. he looked really good i i recall seeing him flash around there and was like
0: and that that fumble, like sack strip that he had, uh, when Western was driving, just insane. Like at first, like live again in the stadium, I didn't appreciate it. I just thought the quarterback like dropped the ball, moving it from like his you know kind of moving from his throwing stance, trying to like, hit the ball and then throw it. But no, like as he's running by, he hits the ball out of his hands, and then he's the first one. He doesn't recover it because it bounced up on him, but he's the first one to the ball too. Like that, that kid's gonna be fun to watch. So
1: yeah. Yeah definitely lots of promising signs I will say uh out of the concerns maybe for the defense secondary doesn't really get tested here so that'll be interesting to continue to watch going forward uh but yeah I I thought it was a fine showing and that's what I was, you know, I had my brother over and we lodged a lot of college football together and he, we had this game on and he, he is more of a, a hater than I am in the rivalry sense. And he's sitting there and it's getting close. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I've done this like every year for the past decade. MSU plays on a Friday night against some shit team. They start like shit And you're just like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then they pull away late. And that's exactly what happened again last night. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to learn much about the Spartans this weekend. No Uh,
0: But, yeah. My final thought on the game and, like, thinking big picture on the season, too, is this is the way you want it to go, right? Like, if you're Mel Tucker, you love a first game like that that scares you enough that you have every bit of, like, material to get on your guys, that they weren't ready, they didn't complete to the level, they weren't there. And instead of overlooking Akron this week, guys are now coming back competing for their job because they know that last week wasn't good enough. You play better this week, you go to Washington on an upswing. I just think, like, as as a fan, I just think it was perfect. Like, never really was I ever that nervous about it, and it gave them enough material to definitely get on their ass this week. So, hey. What do you I mean? It's not 51 to 7, Brendan, but I'm not going to complain because even at 51 to 7, I've learned that the fan base can have a hell of a week online. So, oh,
1: brother, Michigan fans are never happy. Uh, so get that out of your mind. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some Michigan football. So, obviously, they play the Rams of Colorado State, who, as we talked about last week, overturned a lot of their roster, a lot of transfers. Um, can't see we gleaned a lot in this one in many areas. Um, but uh, what I think you can glean, let's just not bury the lead. Let's just confront this head on. Um, J.J. McCarthy is QB1. And I feel like Cade McNamara came out and we heard all this stuff in camp. And I was definitely keeping an open mind going into the season being like, Listen, he was only a redshirt sophomore. He has a full year of starting under his belt, and if he doesn't end up, if he ends up getting the job and improving upon his performance on Saturday, great, and I'll be happy, and I'll be happy to admit I was wrong. But to me, he looked like the same early season Cade McNamara as last year. He missed a few what should be kind of an easy easy throws. Uh, he missed a couple reads which is not like him and is the main reason you keep him in over jj and you know the red zone problems they that was michigan's biggest bugaboo last year that's what almost kept them from the playoff was how many times they would get to the red zone and just get stifled they couldn't finish drives they were kicking lots of field goals and that's what happened under uh Cade's drives they would get, you know, their one touchdown, which accounted for about a third of Cade's yards, was a screen to Roman Wilson that he just took for 60 yards into the end zone. Then their other touchdown, they did get in the red zone four, but it was in a drive in which Michigan didn't throw the ball once. They literally just ran it down their throat and ran it the entire time into the end zone. You know, they had, I think, two or three times where they got down to the red zone with Cade and got held to a field goal. And that just can't happen when you have your goals as lofty as Michigan's offense this year.
0: And we're fortunate not to have an interception on one of those. Um, Correct. It clearly hit the ground, but I'm just saying, it was, you know, if a guy can get his hand under the ball there, there's an interception too. Yes, Um, and and that's true.
1: But I will say, that one Eric All did slip, but as pointed out of... Uh, Brian Cook of MGoBlog, blog, he throws that still on a third and 10 play where he throws it to all who's six yards deep and going to get tackled. When apparently I haven't looked at the tape myself, but he had an open, I want to say Roman Wilson that was going to run a corner out into the end zone. And so just not a misread. And that type of stuff is just not where Michigan needs to be. It did not help that J.J. gets inserted into the game in the third quarter and those red zone issues vanished. <laughs> uh, his legs as a threat completely changed Michigan's offense. They, they were not getting stopped with him out there. And while I'd maybe like to see him not get tackled by three dudes after a 20-yard run and maybe go down voluntarily – he's also fighting for a starting quarterback job and I'm not going to begrudge him for doing that this week so I I thought he looked great uh he didn't throw the ball very much but he did have one of those throws one very similar to one that Cade missed earlier in the game and it just zipped right to the receiver you can tell it just gets there quicker than when Cade is throwing and and I, at this point, just think his upside in the run game, which will open up everything else just a little bit more, is a huge difference maker, where unless he's like doing one boneheaded interception or turnover, where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, JJ? If if he's not doing that once a game, I don't see how you could justify keeping him on the bench. So there, there's my soapbox. I, I held all my takes in through the offseason because I wanted to see him play, and I got to see him play a Mountain West team. So now I feel vindicated in what I can say.
0: There you go. Yeah, you, that's all uh, That's all that you needed was to see him against the Colorado State Rams to know. Um, yeah, man, I think that, like, there's something to answering the bell and – knowing that despite what you did last year, you are still in a competition, which you can be upset about, but the situation is the situation. And that wasn't answering the bell. Like, I mean.
1: Yeah. And then I do want to touch, because you mentioned that, um, the post-game presser from Cade, did you see quotes from it?
0: I mean, I saw it, uh, you know, kind of saw it on Twitter. and, And to be honest, like, so I missed all of JJ's series. Like at this game, like this window, of saturday was this
1: was when appalachian state unc was just going nuts yeah, right that's yeah. what i was
0: mainly watching plus it's my kids nap time so if i'm gonna squeeze in some some catching up from friday it's gonna be during the the noon window at the noon window as a sleeper and it was kind of a sleeper outside of app unc so i had turned on app unc mainly um especially like i think i turned it off right around like i watched michigan until like what was it 13 nothing or something like that It was like okay well this is pretty much in hand Carl State is isn't even doing anything fun on offense. Like, There's nothing to see here. Um, Right,
1: yeah, that was a very ho-hum win.
0: Yeah, so I did miss all of JJ's actual play. So I will say, um, didn't see that and didn't have any reaction to that, but yeah, scroll on Twitter later, did see Cade basically kind of imply that he found out when everyone else did about the whole 2QB thing, which I just can't
1: I can't imagine that's true. He thought that his play in training camp uh, warranted <laughs> warranted uh, not having this happen. I, uh, In general, it just he's sounded shook. like... It's clear that he's shook. Yes, he's shook. And, and it sounded like salty comments. And then JJ takes the podium this week and just sounds exactly how you want him to sound. And it just feels like... Maybe a lot of Michigan's fan base is so confident after just one game because it it just feels like this is happening, right? Like, it just feels like it's over. And, like, it, it'd be different if Cade would have came out in his start and was zipping it. He didn't take one deep shot. I mean, it, yeah. it was just it was not what he needed to keep the job, which makes me wonder how confident he truly feels in his ability over JJ's. If he's feeling that shook, I don't know, man, it's, it's interesting for sure. And it's given us something to talk about where if we had a starter, these whole first three weeks would be just nothing. (laughs) But yeah, it, it feels done to me. We'll see what happens. We have to see how JJ plays against Hawaii. Uh, I I think I'll talk
0: either, but
1: what? Oh, it won't tell me
0: either. Well, it won't tell me either. It can tell you what you're looking for too. So
1: it can tell me that yeah, if JJ can handle it, I basically think that he's he gets a UConn start. We'll see. I it'll be something to monitor. That's for sure. Uh, Other takeaways from the Colorado State game. The only one I really have is that the defense looked better than i expected now how much of that is opponent driven i don't know but i was really worried about the pass rush and the defensive line in general and they had a lot of dudes step up who again opponent caveats apply but they did what they needed to do against colorado state you know what i mean like they Mm -hmm. if uh, something less than this would have been alarming, but they thoroughly dominated them. Very similar to how I've seen other really good defensive lines at Michigan dominate a team like this. So it'll be interesting to see them going forward. Uh don't really have much else to talk about in this game. Um, Ronnie Bell looked fast. Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards is a really sick running back compo, and I'm excited to watch them for 11 plus more games. Uh, it's Uh It was fun to have football back. Uh,
0: that's Roman cool. Wilson also
1: extremely fast yeah dude that guy is a lightning bolt and shout out to Ronnie Bell who had a thunderous block on that screen touchdown that he creates a touchdown really with Roman because uh, you know Roman is just so fast it, it, one thing about this Michigan offense is that it, they might be the fastest that I've ever seen because like Donovan Peoples-Jones was really fast and they, they had some dudes on that team but like Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Roman Wilson, Ronnie Bell ain't a slouch, A.J. Henning. I, I mean, they, they've they got a lot of fast guys. So, yeah, I'm excited to be at the game this weekend, going down, tailgating, doing the whole shebang, going to take in J.J.'s first of uh, hopefully many starts. And, yeah, it's going to be
0: fun. you love to see it, and love, uh, love a hot start. Um, yeah. But – yeah, it's just I don't know what you can take. I think, just like I think MSU fans, I don't think Michigan fans are being out crazy of any excitement. But I think that uh, at the same time, too, like, I just don't know. I yeah, Cade needed to win the job week one. He didn't. He didn't put an end to the even if you know JJ starting week two. Like he needed to show that. No, nope, th- th- we have to go with Cade. That like, you've got it, it
1: under control.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and he's clearly shook and which is amazing because like for all everyone who is Cade backer and they have plenty of things to back him on you would say like he was a gamer last year like he was unshakable
1: the, last year
0: yeah and even in the <laughs> loss like the loss to michigan state you would hardly hang that on Cade like that absolutely that's not. one of his best games maybe he stopped season. kenneth
1: walker once yeah you know, that and, yeah
0: and he wasn't responsible for the turnovers i mean to be honest jj was actually JJ one was. Involved yeah. in the turnovers. So absolutely he's unshakable but then like this week man just it's just he gave you nothing and you have all summer to mentally prep that like i'm in a competition and that's how you come out when you have every advantage your way that's just not good man that's not gonna be good enough
1: yeah so we'll see what happens uh I think I've said that too many times this podcast. We'll see. I got to be honest, as somebody who said I I hope that J.J. was the starter because of what that means for the offense, it's nice to see this play out so far. I hate it for Cade. I I genuinely do. That's the worst part is I I feel like I come off a bit crass when I, I sound like I'm rooting for J.J. here. And it's it's only because I'm not viewing these people as people enough. And maybe that's a thing that I need to work on. But because I do feel terrible for Cade, he he got Michigan out of the curse. I mean, it had been 17 years since a Big Ten title. It had been 10 years since an Ohio State victory. He got he played in the playoff. And so you want the storybook ending for that guy. You want him to come back better this year and win a fucking national championship, right? But
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also you recruited a five-star quarterback who appears to have fit that billing and is playing very well. And big boy programs do not hold a kid like that back, it just to be blunt. Alabama – when it was time for Jalen Hurts to give it up, that was a hard decision for Jalen Hurts to have to give it up so Tua could play. But they made that decision. Big boy programs make these calls. So I, I think we'll see. I I was about to say we'll see again. I got to stop with that shit. We need a, a we'll see jar. I got to put a dollar in every time I say it. I don't know, man. I'm just excited the football's back, though. It was such a joy to watch them play. And, uh, man, it's going to be cool to be in the stadium. I hope they do something weird with the uniforms, but it's Hawaii, so they probably won't.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, right? You get to excited about a night game, and then you just get Hawaii. So.
1: Hey, man, I'm we'll talk more about it, uh, but I hope they cover the spread in the first half. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's uh, – Let's kick it over to week one talk, um, or week two talk, sorry, it was week one, just trying to relive it. Uh, we're going to go through 12 games, This is, we're going to make this our weekly pick segment. Uh, this week, we're going to try and do all the Big Ten games once we're out of this sludge schedule where so many big 10 teams are playing nobodies we're obviously going to do michigan and michigan state every week and then we've got six other games this week that are out of conference
0: i believe a reminder to uh to participate in the pick contest Uh, i will tweet out the google forms and make sure to get that out earlier this week so you can see it multiple times Uh, but winner gets a home field t-shirt who just released what I'm assuming people of your fan base are going to be very excited about with that 97 shirt that they reached. They, uh, I,
1: piled uh, in, so. I already bought it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that's, I literally saw that shirt like five seconds after it dropped. Cause I was just on Twitter and was like, well, there's no use delaying the inevitable. Here. <laughs> no, <laughs> just just click the link and bought it. Oh man. All right, so let's dive into this slate. Uh, I believe this is chronological. Is is that true, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah,
0: chronological. uh, Wait, Alabama-Texas
1: is a noon game?
0: That's the nooner.
1: What the hell? Okay, we're starting off with Alabama at Texas College Game Day. Now with Pat McAfee is at uh, UT Austin for this. I'll lead us off. This is a very easy call to me. Alabama is a twenty point <laughs> twenty point favorite. I think they cover this in the first half and don't even look back.
0: Yeah, I don't... Again, Nick Saban has to show his ex assistants that he's the boss. And I know Steve Sarkisian was really just a rehab project for Nick Saban, uh, literally and figuratively. But, um, yeah, I see no way that Texas Haynes here. Quinn Hewers, Quinn Hewers didn't really... I mean they blew out ULM like good for you. Um but I'm I'm riding tight. I see no reason to think Texas can hang within three touchdowns of them. Yeah. And that's saw, not a uh, tough place to play. So I'm sorry. If you play in the SEC, that's not a tough place to play.
1: Yeah, not when you're up fourteen to zero and five minutes into the game. Uh, let's lead us to our next pick. Uh, some SEC action going on. Uh, already got some conference play over there. Arkans or no South Carolina traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas coming off of that big win against Cincinnati, an eight-point favorite at home. Who do you got?
0: So I actually watched a lot of the Arkansas Cincinnati game, and while impressed with with Arkansas and how they played, eight points seems like a lot. I actually thought that uh, South Carolina was pretty intriguing last year, and I think that Shane Beamer is doing a pretty good job at South Carolina early. Um, I'm not saying I think South Carolina outright goes and gets the win, but I don't really see Sam Pittman in Arkansas just blowing out an SEC opponent this week after a pretty good – I mean, that's a top 25 win they just got against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a good team still, but, I mean – I don't know, man. I I just feel like a little bit of a letdown. Just a little bit enough to open the door for South Carolina to hang in there. Um, so I'm going to take them with the eight points.
1: Did you see Arkansas football tweet something about <laughs> uh, they? They said uh, somebody, some player on their team has that hog in them.
0: Oh my god! Their Twitter account is undefeated. I'm uh, I'm, see their,
1: I'm uh... picking them against the spread for that tweet alone. Uh, who amongst us doesn't strive to have that hog in them?
0: No, see, their best tweet was to do the uh, the classic Kevin from the office scene spilling the chili um, with the big vat of chili saying skyline Cincinnati chili on it.
1: Nice, uh, yeah.
0: And it said undefeated season on it and just spilling and slopping around. Oh, jeez. Like, Again, Arkansas is like, I'm starting to get a crush on Arkansas. Like, I love Sam Pittman and – we had some guys go to Arkansas as, like, gratis assistants. I love Arkansas. I'm getting a crush on them. I, I, I still have to pick South Carolina this week. But that Twitter account, if you don't follow it, undefeated. Fantastic Twitter account. Way too fun for the SEC. Yeah. Way too fun.
1: And before before we leave this subject of that game, uh, mm, Luke Fickle. Maybe you uh, should have took that bag when you had the chance, huh? We'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm saying. All right, time to move on to something I don't think we could have went in a different, a further different direction uh, in excitement on this one. We've got Duke at Northwestern with the Union-busting Wildcats as a 10-point favorite. I begrudgingly pick them against this spread. Um, I know I've picked all favorites so far here, but I actually thought their offense looked pretty good against Nebraska. and I don't think Nebraska can be worse than Duke so i, I i'm no. i think the the wildcats are gonna cover here
0: yeah yeah uh, duke was pretty impressive in their week one as in like they didn't suck as bad as maybe you thought they were but northwestern and yeah, whatever they win by 12 it's ugly uh papish gerald goes to dinner on the golden mile whatever fuck them they win
1: uh... Oh, man. Duke Northwestern. I bet that's going to be a party atmosphere with all those alumnus. Uh, yeah. Washington
0: State. Think of the think of <laughs> hedge funds that are going to come out of this weekend.
1: <laughs> Washington State traveling to Camp Randall to take on Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a 17 and a half point home favorite. I'm going to pick the I'm going to pick the favorite again cuz uh Washington state they're reeling from an ugly coaching situation right and so I I just feel like this is too tough of a game. I've seen Wisconsin play too many teams of this caliber at home and just run it up on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, Wisconsin's going to take it to them this week. I think uh they did everything that you want Wisconsin to do again. Much much overmatched opponent last week um Nothing shown in the passing game, but they still can run the ball over someone. Uh, yeah, it, I don't see any reason that Washington State's is going to be competitive here. Yeah,
1: that, that's my thought too. Like they don't need Graham Mertz to do anything to beat no, Washington not State by twenty-one. No. Yeah, so yeah, we're we're aligned here. Uh, but, let's get to one. But more... can we oh, get yes. on?
0: Holy shit! The booze that is going to oh. flow in Madison. You get those two <laughs> oh, fan bases. Washington State is a fan base that wherever they go, they drink the town dry. They did it in Auburn. They did it in Manhattan, Kansas, when they played Kansas State. I wish I could go to this game as an observer. I would stay sober to watch all that was happening around me. And uh, it's just glorious.
1: So, I would get super drunk and become the biggest Washington State fan you've ever met. Uh <laughs> Hey, there are two wolves inside of us all. Real quick, before we get off the topic of Wisconsin, did you see the video from Jump Around this weekend with Tim Brando?
0: (laughs) Tim Brando was getting it in, baby.
1: So, for those who don't know, uh, Tim Brando is, like, my least favorite announcer in the world. He is a colossal weirdo and a prick to people all over online, and I'm blocked by him on Twitter. And... Yeah, he sucks. And during jump around, he grabbed onto his analyst's arms and was jumping. And then right as Fox is about to cut the camera, just gives a big old wind up to slap his ass. And (laughs) I can't believe I wish they would have captured it. The full ass slap. There's footage of that from that camera somewhere that exists and I need it. But, man, the comical effect of going away right before the ass slap when everybody knows what's happening, that was good.
0: That was good uh, stuff. There was some thrust, too. Like, it was everything. <laughs> I had everything I wanted. Everything I need. You know, thick BBW, BBMs going on. It was fantastic.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, okay, let's get to uh do Tennessee and Pitt play every year, or does it just feel that way? they played last year, and I think that's what's tricking me and this is probably the return match uh Tennessee is at Pitt. uh Pitt, a six and a half point home dog, you know last week, I took West Virginia in this game against Pitt, and obviously they lost thirty eight thirty one in a very close game, and as much as I think Pat Arduzi and the Panthers are frauds. You know who else is more of a fraud? Probably the University of Tennessee. <laughs> they are uh, big time fraud watch. So I'm going to take Pitt. They might not win this game, but I think they'll cover a six and a half point spread. I don't
0: know, man. I watched a lot of that Pitt West Virginia game, and they did they didn't not look good. Don't mistake all. any
1: of this as uh, they it... brutal. Don't and mistake ten... any of this as Pitt praise. This is all Tennessee slander.
0: I understand. I I I'm taking the balls. I I don't know, man. I just feel like Pat Narduzzi went back to just the boring offense. He had finally had good offense last year and now he, he ran off that offensive coordinator because he's a colossal dick. And uh yeah, I give me the balls. I don't like Tennessee. I think like we even said on our season long bet I didn't get the love for Tennessee. But this is still a win, I think, for them. I just think that the SEC is going to chew them up and spit them out. But oh, they, they, they'll they take care of Pitt.
1: One thing I will say to Pitt's favor is they are on the last day of that team being relevant in that city. So you got your one last day, fit in a cranked up crowd, and then the Steelers come into town and nobody gives a shit uh
0: there so, will not be a cranked up crowd that will be a tennessee i don't know man
1: game. dude yeah that's true there are a lot of tennessee fans i may yeah. have underestimated that i was a pretty wild crowd for that fucking west virginia game and i know that's oh, yeah. a rivalry and it's that's a Thursday night yeah but still yeah. they won it like that, that builds momentum you got an sec team coming in what
0: i don't respect you Pitt, but i will say about this matchup low-key fantastic color matchup
1: Oh, it was I love a great it. Great jersey
0: matchup. What well, a great
1: Dude, jersey Pitt West Virginia was a great jersey matchup. No one this is what? gonna be just as good.
0: Go orange on blue. I wanna see
1: I could I could fuck with that. I I like that idea. Let's move on to this is a really intriguing game to me. It's got a big spread, but I think this has some real fun potential. We've got Appalachian State. Uh they are coming off of a heartbreaking loss to North Carolina, but they're traveling to Texas A and M. And, you know, I'm rethinking my pick as I talk here because I picked Appalachian State, and I'm going to lock it in. I, I'm not going to go back on oh. it, but then I'm like – but then I'm like, I don't know, man. They did lose that game to North Carolina at home, and I talked a lot of shit about North Carolina
0: last week. So. Oh, no, no, no. You deserved – they they gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter. You. You own. Yeah, that's true. That By the way, the way, if you
1: if you didn't watch that game, go back and watch the highlights. Yes. I don't care yes. if you know it. It was unbelievable I've never seen so Michigan Notre Dame under the lights, the original, that last minute and a half with all that chaos. This was more crazy than that. And that is something to say. So that was an mm. awesome game. No. But I I'm gonna stick with App State. I think Texas AM are frauds anyways. And so I don't think App State will keep this particularly close but I still think they could lose by double digits under that 19 number. So uh, I'll take the Mountaineers stick with them another week.
0: It's it's a tough week to read Texas A&M. Uh, they had like a really weird game. Like it was delayed Big like delay, five right. or six yeah. hours. So it's hard to know. Like, I, I mean, they only win 31, nothing over Stephen F. Austin, but it's just such a weird or Sam Houston. Sorry. Um, it was just such a weird game. Like it was 17, nothing at the half. And then, they had, I honestly think it was like a four or five hour delay, um, but I don't know. I just App I feel like that was a Super Bowl last week to have North Carolina come to town, and it was right there. They they had it. They made a great comeback and come up just a little bit short. Um, it just feels like a really hard week to get up. I mean, they're going to be ready for yeah, Clemson. No, it's going to be an exciting it's trip a, for them. That's but... a
1: hard nose program. I I think they'll still show up ready to stick it to somebody and. You know we'll see I don't know. oh there's another one in the jar fuck all right on to our next game we're finally getting to one of our teams here, Akron traveling to michigan state uh a four p m game Michigan state is a thirty four and a half point favorite at home and i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest I'm gonna take the Spartans here uh, <laughs> I think they just played excuse me a really good for the Mac program and what it it, they kind of struggled had their moments but they still won by 22 points now they're playing a bottom tier Mac program <laughs> and I don't think they're going to struggle or have their moments I think this one's going to be pretty straightforward so how, how about you sir
0: yeah so Akron who last week went to overtime with St. Francis of Pennsylvania in FCS school.
1: Who, I knew that, but I forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah. And last year, I'll have you know, Eastern Michigan beat them 35 to 15. So Eastern on a 20 point spread on them. And they stayed within seven of Akron last week. I don't know, man. It's it feel like all all what I said earlier, too, about there will be no slacking off this week because there wasn't. Mel Tucker was very clear that he was not happy with how they played. Week one. Um I think Michigan State covers. I think they get out. The only way Akron covers is if the reserve lineup lets them get back in. Like you're up forty-two and they, they squeak out, you know, get down to like thirty late in the game. Um but yeah, I, I think this is MSU going away. They they take care of business.
1: Yep, agreed. Uh let's move on to <laughs> The greatest rivalry in college football. Iowa State at Iowa. Is this the year that Matt Campbell finally does it? Jeremy, what do you got?
0: My son's godfather is an Iowa State grad. We have multiple Iowa State things in my household. This is 1,000% one of my biggest reading interests outside of the 10. It's, it's this year, Brendan. It has to be this year. It, come on, Iowa State! You you have to beat them when they're coming off seven three over South Dakota State. Like this has to be the one. And if Iowa State loses, it will absolutely be a ball breaking like late play that does it. Without a doubt, <laughs>
1: you're, you're right about so, that. I, I so am saying three sad. and a half.
0: Like, maybe they lose by three on a game winning field goal and they still cover. So I, I got to go Iowa State with the points here.
1: Yeah, so in order for Iowa, in my mind, to cover this spread, they would have to score a touchdown. And I know well, they, they, they proved the odds wrong last Not so week, fast, right? They would have there covered a three-and-a-half-point spread with with their two safeties and a field goal. But, however, they are playing a FBS Power 5 rival this week. and They can get
0: out of their end zone and avoid a safety. Listen,
1: I, I, yeah, so I really am struggling. I could also see Iowa winning this, just not by more than, like, three points. If they're going to win this, it'll be some stupid, like, 9-7 type shit. It'll be dumb. Mm -hmm. And honestly, now that I don't have to be invested in Matt Campbell being a good coach, remember Mm -hmm. those days?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we both lived those days. Good callback.
1: Uh, yeah. is it, So now that I'm not as invested, I think it'd be really funny if they found another way to lose to Iowa in a stupid way. So, uh, but I'm going to still take them against the spread. So Fantastic. Uh, quick, uh, quick hitter. We're not going to touch much on this Virginia at Illinois, Illinois, four and a half point favorite at home. I'm taking them. The run game is cool. I think they're going to rebound from a loss lost in Indiana.
0: Heartbreaking loss, man. I watched a really lot. It was heartbreaking. Too. I when I got home because they were a Friday night game too, so that was the game I mainly watched uh, when I got back from Spartan Stadium Friday. And damn, dude, like, and and of course because I pitched them in the picks, and I was like excited. I was like, "Come on, Illinois, like, give me one of my upsets." And they didn't do it, but they they really deserve to win that game. They outplayed Indiana at Indiana basically the entire night. Um, so yeah, give me Illinois. I. I think Virginia has got a long rebuild ahead of them, so with a coach that I'm not that impressed by, because I don't trust anything in the Clemson program. So,
1: yeah, I I agree with you there. Uh, Debo Sweeney cannot be trusted under any circumstance, and yeah, I also think Virginia has a long rebuild ahead of them. Uh, big, another SEC game, kind of a rivalry. Is this a rivalry game? I know it's a conference game. We have Kentucky. So
0: this yeah, is a rivalry ahead. game in the way that Illinois tells you they're in a rival of Michigan.
1: Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Kentucky One of those. Yeah. Okay. So Kentucky at Florida, Florida, a six point favorite. Uh, that's kind of a big line to me because Kentucky's a really good team. And Florida did just beat Utah at home. But they've got a really good quarterback. Florida does. What's his name? I know you know it, because I don't right
0: now. Anthony Richardson?
1: Anthony Richardson. That's why we keep Jeremy on the podcast. He remembers (laughs) names. (laughs) Uh, No, he looks really good. I I watched a bit of that Utah game, and I I think he looked really good. Obviously, Kentucky has a very good quarterback of their own. Uh, Will Levin, is that right? Levis. Levis. I was so close. Anyways, uh it should be a fun game, honestly, and I'm bummed I'm gonna have to miss it. I believe this is a seven PM kick. Uh, well it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be tailgating. I'm gonna miss it regardless. But I'll take yeah. Florida. Um I, I was my gut said Kentucky, but my gut did a shit job last week. So I'm taking Florida and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, i this is where we'll disagree again on a pick, like we have to have a few, right? And I just A I like Kentucky as a team, I think that Again, I don't know if they'll go down and win, but six is a lot. Six, I it seems like an overreaction. To, Florida wasn't even a top twenty-five team, and they did beat a top ten team, so they deserve to be rated now. And yeah, number twelve
1: poles. is wild,
0: though. Climbed the polls. I I don't know what this game was preseason, but I, I would be really curious to see what the swing was on this game. If it if it only moved from like a three to a six, like even a three to a six line, that's a lot, man. Like I. Utah is a punishing team and they're a physical team, but like never overlook that they just had to go play a game in the first week of September in Florida. And they was, they had guys puking. They were not in shape for that game and they faded down the stretch. Um, Kentucky plays Florida every year. I did. Just, I could get a little bit more ready for it um, again. I think if you made me pick a money line pick here, I probably, I would for sure go Florida on the money line but I, don't, I think six is a lot of points. I don't know if they're a six-point
1: favorite over Kentucky right now. Yeah, all fair points. This was one that was very hard on me. Uh, and so I just kind of went with the opposite of my gut, like a true down-bad sports better does. Now, second-to-last pick, the other hometown team. We got Hawaii at Michigan. Michigan, a 51-and-a-half-point favorite. And we both picked them. <laughs> like that that line is totally warranted. Uh Hawaii lost 63 to 10 at home to Vanderbilt and then followed it up by getting waxed by Western Kentucky. I can't see a way with Cade McNamara that they would have kept this close and instead they have to play JJ McCarthy who is trying to win a quarterback job. And that to me feels like a first half cover and I don't I'm joking about that because I don't think they lay a 50 burger down in the first half but I don't think that we're it's outrageous to say like 35 42 could could
0: happen well whatever they put the first half line at you I'm taking it go by yes that, yes that for sure um you know it's got to be at least I figure at least 30 but 30 and above I'm still putting money on that um yeah I mean 51 and a half And SP Plus still has Michigan covering that by three. So... Yeah. And SP Plus usually (laughs) isn't that wide from the Vegas line. It usually hovers right about the Vegas line. It's early. It's not all dialed in, I know. But that is right at the Vegas... Like, three points above the Vegas line. And the Vegas line tried to be extremely high. (sighs) Boy. Yeah.
1: This seems like...
0: Similar to Vanderbilt, I mean Vanderbilt beat them to sixty-three to ten in Hawaii. I don't know, man. Like this could be, this could this could get to the seventies.
1: It 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 genuinely could, um, and I'm going to be rooting for it. I'm we're not going to learn anything from this game, but what I will do is have some beverages and celebrate some touchdowns. All that I ask,
0: all that I ask that you do is remember Colt Brennan while you have these beverages, and toast him. And remember that he is not the coach on the sidelines. Yes. Kimmy Shane. Yeah. Because us elder millennials win, Brendan. Your crowd can't outlast us. Jesus Christ.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. That went in a direction. It would be a hilarious bit if we had a ton of listeners and I went to this game in a Colt Brennan jersey. But However, since neither of those things, or since we don't have a ton of listeners, and also the game's in three days, and I don't think I have time to get a Colt Brennan jersey, uh, I'm just going to go in something else.
0: (laughs) I'll make us look better, Brandon. Hug those you love. Help those that are struggling with addiction.
1: Of course, yes. We you know, we joke fuck. and we laugh, but that is very that's, serious, folks. That's how
0: I deal with pain. Is I like to make bad jokes. So yes,
1: me, me as uh, well. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fuck. go straight from that. Oh, you know, you got something to say? Oh no, no. I was just saying I
0: was gonna help us tee up the next game. There I we go, 18, baby. I we're gonna turn bad. it
1: around because this is this is the best game on the schedule. To be See, honest, to me. me.
0: Everyone's going to look at Alabama, Texas, and it is the way, and like, so here's the way that you plan your day. It's tough because as an MSU Michigan podcast, in the middle of the day, our listeners have to like save for their game. But if you are not caring about Michigan or Michigan State this week, and you want to get a little bit of week two football in, but also maybe do some good like partner duties, father and mother duties where you like go out and you get to the park, and you don't completely waste a Saturday in front of the TV. You started with Alabama-Texas for the first half, and you leave the house at about one thirty because that game has thirty-five to When it's 35-0. Yep. It's got to be shit. And when everyone else in your house is starting to go to bed, Baylor-BYU 10-15 kick. Oh. Oh,
1: man. Game of the week. I this might make game it for the second weekend. half. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, at so, BYU, so we're in Utah. At
1: BYU, 8, dude. That place so is going local. to be they they are going to be tuned up. They
0: Tune, tuned up on ice water and good vibes.
1: Yes, of course, because as we all know the Mormons don't drink, but they will. They will. <laughs> they will this Saturday. They're
0: this gonna game's going to be, fresh gonna be off an Andrew Garfield FX show. They are rolling. <laughs>
1: oh man. I, this game's going to be awesome. BYU looked really good last week. Baylor is a top-ten team who a lot of people see as a favorite in the Big 12.
0: I believe it's one of Desmond's – is, is Desmond playoff one teams. The, yeah. He, he took yeah. Baylor, right? A couple people did Baylor, and I thought Desmond was one of them. So.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the, more, one of the least crazy uh, playoff picks he made. Uh, but, yeah, Baylor, BYU, this game's going to rule. I, I'm oh, taking awesome. BYU. BYU is a three-point favorite. I think they're going to win on something stupid, and so it's a little risky with – Given three points. But I think this game's going to get chaotic near the end. And that place is going to have. There's no roof, but if there was, it would be going to pop off. And uh, yeah. You don't, put, I, you I, don't I'm, put
0: a roof on the kingdom of Jesus. All right, Brandon. You don't put a roof on that. You like God watch all the time. See everything that you're doing. See if you're drinking that Pepsi Zero. <laughs> <sighs> you, you get your shit together. I. Could not decide on this game because I don't – BYU did look great, I, but I think South Florida is an absolute dumpster fire. So I had nothing that I could read out of that game that I liked. At BYU, so I feel like, okay, you're exactly right. That's going to be a crazy atmosphere.
1: Elevation.
0: Eleva- Ooh, okay. I really could not decide. I think I went with Baylor in part because I got to recovered, man. I'm 4-8 and eight on the season. Had a brutal last week um so sometimes i gotta realize that what i just gotta make a a gut call and disagree with you a little bit to try and catch up i mean you're only one game up on me but i gotta try
1: yeah you filled out all your picks first i I saw everything you did while i picked so it's important to disagree jeremy this would not be very exciting if we agreed on every
0: pick me knowing that of the two of us you're of course going to take the religious institution but damn it, they're both religious institutions. I can't even win that battle.
1: Yeah, Baptists no. over
0: Mormons. They're Baptists, right? Baptists over Mormons. This is, what a holy war! This is just. <laughs> this is
1: the true holy war, folks. The. uh Never mind. I was going to go a different direction with that. This no is, need to. No need to dive into Baylor's past.
0: Folks, this is the holy war. As as we, we won't go Baylor specific, but this is the holy war where you just you put them out in Waco, you put them in a nice compound and you just you just for once you back the cops and you just see what happens (laughs) Uh, and then tim riggan stars in a show with andrew garfield and
1: okay here we go now what i will say is if we're locking these fan bases in a steel cage baylor's gonna win so quickly <laughs> uh, we are, Baylor would Baylor would dominate the fan base fight because the all the Mormons wouldn't want to rip their khakis. <laughs> the Baylor fans already have holes in their jeans. Why do they give a fuck if they're going to scrap? This is their second fight today, brother.
0: Baylor brought the Jesus snakes. Can I have you speak in tongue, so brother, <laughs> brother. Oh man, my brother in Christ, Brendan.
1: Okay. What, a what a matchup though. What a No, it it's is like, gonna be to fun. I'm I'm genuinely happy that don't sleep
0: on this game. This is because
1: I might at the I'm, of the week. I'm not a guy who leaves college football games early, but man, everybody has their limit. So if this gets really stupid with Michigan and Hawaii, I might just be like, All right, I'm out. I gotta see the second half of BYU Baylor. <laughs> uh man. You are a man
0: you are a man of wealth in your twenties and that's what you can do of course union made dollars that's
1: that's right all right so before we go um i just want to riff about some week one funny things we we did a little bit with the iowa stuff but uh the puke six in purdue penn state (laughs) was one that was delightful to me because Uh, it
0: also allowed us all and i i got it on the act i hope you did too i didn't know if you did but I, I definitely tweeted out that you see Nebraska. What you do is you puke during the game. This is what you do.
1: That's a good opportunity to make fun of Nebraska that I unfortunately missed out on. No, the puke six was six was awesome. That happened within like fifteen minutes of Pitt getting their pick, their game winning pick six against West Virginia. So I was all amped up on pick six energy, and then <laughs> the dude Thursday.
0: Holy it shit, was great one of the
1: one of the best uh, week one opening Thursdays of my life. It, it was excellent. Uh, I've got this new setup in my living room where I've got my PC out here with a decent size monitor, and then my TV. So I literally just have one game without sound playing on the computer monitor, and one game with sound on the TV. Buddy, football weekends are about to get stupid over here. <laughs> i'm gonna waste so much time watching football but yeah week one was great um what else was interesting that happened i feel that that app state north carolina game was ridiculous i mean you had first of all they go for two to try and win it and then north carolina incorrectly returns an onside kick for a touchdown and then doesn't go for two to try and go up two scores and then app state does go down in score and has to go for two to try and force overtime and doesn't get it. I mean, that's one of the craziest, that is probably the craziest ending to a college football game I've seen. It's up in the top five for sure.
0: Oh, it's up there. That was bananas. Could There's so much there. So much to see.
1: Definitely the most iconic ending to an Appalachian state football game of all time. Dad, you know I'm
0: gonna be like you And the cats and